This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Thursday the 24th of December. Christmas Eve and in New South Wales at least, we're looking at some slightly revised restrictions over the next few days for Christmas, which depending on how you look at it is either a welcome reprieve for people who really want to see their family and friends or an opportunity for the virus to spread. Yes, I mean, that's everybody's fear that Christmas is a super spreading event. Well, it is if if the virus is circulating. So what they've decided to do, as uh, anybody listening on the Northern Beaches will know, is they've divided the Northern Beaches area into two, a southern region, and that's got slightly lower restrictions that are similar to Greater Sydney, except that they're, they're not allowed to leave, but people can come in for Christmas Day, Boxing Day on the 27th. But with the uh, northern beaches, um, there's still nobody going in and out. And if people are coming around, it's, it's only people from, the, from that area, from the, that northern part of the northern beaches. And they're not re- relaxing the restrictions on Greater Sydney. So, yep, they are letting things go a little bit, but not a lot. So how do you balance the risk of the virus spreading with giving people freedom to go and celebrate Christmas as they want to? Like... There's going to be places where the risk of the virus spreading is higher and other places where it's lower. And maybe it's not fair to just lock everyone up in this under the same tough restrictions out of an abundance of caution. Well, while most cases are traceable back to the Northern Beaches outbreak, there are still cases in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, in the northern suburbs and in the western suburbs. And those cases grow, albeit slowly. So there's there's actually so the fair question to ask is why restrict this to uh, northern beaches when there are problems in other areas, and I think that the statistic here is how much unknown spread is there in New South Wales, and there's not very much, but there is a bit. So there is a risk elsewhere. So they can't let up too much, and there is a calculated risk in three days of slightly lower restrictions in order for people to circulate but they're trying to limit that circulation in terms of high-risk areas and lower-risk areas. But there is still a potential for a super-spreading event, which we would only find out about five to ten days after Christmas. So the toughest restrictions are in the northern beaches, the northern part of the northern beaches, like you just said, Norman. But is the risk confined to that area? Because we've seen cases popping up in other parts of Sydney as well. No, the risk is not confined to that area. It's just highest risk. It just makes sense that there's mo- most of the virus that's circulating is circulating in the northern beaches. And what they're saying is it looks as though it's circulating in the northern part of the northern beaches. But virus is circulating in Greater Sydney. Each day there are more cases outside, not very many more, but there are a few cases in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. There are um, some in western suburbs and in the northern suburbs. So they just slowly grow, still linked. But I mean, for example, if you take one deli, it's an Italian deli stroke cafe in Paddington called Alimentari, there's already been a secondary case from there. So now you've got a chain of transmission in that particular cafe, which has gone from what I understand to be a hairdressing salon to somebody who worked in that cafe who then has inadvertently spread that to somebody else. We don't know whether it's a customer or a staff member, but it's a pretty small cafe and pretty easy to spread there. And it just goes to show how the virus just can spread under the radar and insidiously and find any vulnerability. 
Okay, Norman, so we had eight cases yesterday, eight the day before, and I think 15 the day before that. So maybe a downward trend. What's your take as to what's going to happen over Christmas? Well, eight and eight's not downwards. Um, it's, it's holding steady. My take for Christmas is that the government's made a calculated risk and they know they're making a calculated risk and they're hoping that it pays off where people on both the northern end and the southern end of northern beaches are not allowed to leave. Southern end people can come in. They're just trying to minimise the the mixing. Probably they should have only done it for Christmas Day um, if they were going to do that, but now they're, they're doing it for three days. Look, as long as the testing rates stay high... Um, the risk will be kept low. I've no idea what's going to happen because it all depends on how much virus is circulating, particularly outside the northern beaches. If this is going to take off, it's really going to take off probably in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, northern suburbs, western suburbs, where there might be virus out there that we don't know about. And Christmas just gives us an amplification of it and we won't find out for a few days. And then you've got New Year's Eve after that and that could be another amplifying occasion if they lift restrictions too early. So I I think there's no question that New South Wales would not have lifted any of these restrictions had this not been a Christmas period. We've actually got a question from someone who lives in Avalon who's actually a registered nurse, and they're worried that a lot of people in Avalon went out and got tested too early, that, you know, people went out and got tested as they very much should have uh, when the outbreak was first known about. But we know that the uh, the virus has an incubation period, that the tests are more accurate on some days and not others. And this person's perhaps worried that they might not have picked up a m- enough community transmission because people were so on the ball in going out and getting tested at the beginning. Well, there's, there's some truth to that. And you know, regular listeners to Coronacast would know from you know, near the beginning of the pandemic when we were really trying to sort out how this spread and, and the accuracy of the tests is that the closer you are to your infection date, when you first got the infection, the more likely it is to be falsely negative. And then that, that rate of false negatives goes down and is at its lowest. In other words, it's at its most accurate, probably between day five and day eight, probably day eight. And then the false negative goes up again afterwards. So no question that when you test early, um, there's going to be a false negative rate. I think that the time delay from the hairdresser to the alimentary person being positive was three or four days. So it wasn't five. So there's no question. And that's why they say if you develop symptoms, go and have the test again. Uh, don't sit on it. And it also means that if you're a close contact, they ignore the fact that you might be negative and they say you've just got to be in isolation for 14 days and quarantine for 14 days regardless of the result because of the risk of a false negative. So that's why they do that. I think it's worth repeating what we've said before on this podcast, which is don't wait, don't don't go to the edge of the restrictions. The onus is on the individuals as well to to be COVID safe. So if you are gathering to maintain a distance to maybe not be sharing food, hand hygiene, be outside, wear a mask if you want. So that just really acknowledging that there is virus in the community, especially in Sydney, and adjusting your behaviour accordingly. You're absolutely right. And what's absolutely the case is if you go back to March, the beginning of this, the community was ahead of both the state governments and the federal government. They were already socially distancing Um, in early March. Businesses were telling people to work from home before other restrictions were imposed. And it happened on the northern beaches as well. People started to um, isolate themselves, socially distance and so on. The only thing that works in this pandemic, if it's starting to take off again in a local area, 
is social distancing. Yes, contact tracing is critical, and in New South Wales it is controlling the situation. But if, it, if you don't know what's happening, then social distancing is what you absolutely have to do and stop people mixing so that the virus has a chance to die out. Be the change you want to see in the world. And while we're talking about the uh, Northern Beaches outbreak, we need to just correct the record a little bit about the nurse that we spoke about yesterday as being, we, we mentioned that as being a quarantine leak, but it wasn't. No, it turns out, and I think the health department thought that that was a quarantine leak as well. But it turns out from genomics that it was actually linked, they don't know how yet, but or at least at the time of recording CoronaCast, they didn't they don't know how, that this was a link this was a link to the Northern Beaches. So it was a genomically similar to the Northern Beaches virus, not an overseas virus. Is that better or worse in terms of what the virus could be doing in the community? It might mean they've got less of a problem with a hotel quarantine and transportation than we were speculating on yesterday. That would be good news. Certainly good news that a nurse hasn't caught it in a healthcare setting. You, you know, that's, you know, we've really got to keep healthcare workers safe. So the bad news is that this is, this is a spread outside the northern beaches. It's already spread to somebody else. So in other words, another secondary or tertiary spread. We don't know how far that the chain goes with this particular person, but it's already spread to somebody else. So the virus is out there in greater metropolitan Sydney. So on the subject of tracking spread, we were talking the other day about QR codes and now New South Wales has said you've got to use the service New South Wales QR code. Yeah, from the 1st of January. They obviously were listening to Coronacast because we recommended that well, the other day. who could blame them? But seriously, um, what you've got to really do in this situation is really look after the contact tracers. Very easy for them to get very tired and stretched. And if they're phoning up trying to chase down QR codes from lots of different providers... What happens with Service New South Wales is they can just interrogate that directly. They don't have to bother anybody. But if you, they're using another provider, they've got to phone up the cafe. The cafe's got, you know, there's all sorts of access problems and it just delays it by quite some time. Whereas Service New South Wales just straight to it, much more efficient. So it's good. As you can see, going back to this cafe in Paddington in Sydney, it's really important. Apparently, a lot of the contact tracing that's happened there has happened through the QR code. It's a really critical way. And with airborne spread, cafes, restaurants, bars, other places like that are high-risk areas for aerosol spread. And QR codes are the way to get there. Unfortunately, even if the people had the COVID Safe app on, it's not necessarily going to find a situation where you've caught it from somebody who might be six meters away from you. Right. Well, before we go to that, I'd just like to say thank you to everyone who sent in lovely messages about us just slightly delaying our Christmas break. We are going to be back tomorrow with a special festive CoronaCast for you for Christmas Day. Yeah, let's hope we've got good festive news for you. And we'll see you tomorrow for Christmas. And if you've got any Christmas questions you want answered, go to abc.net.au slash coronacast. Click on Ask a Question and mention CoronaCast on the way through. We'll see you tomorrow. That we will. <laughs>